Welcome back to the Climb the Pocket YouTube page. My name is Steve. I'm with Nick Scrip here with P2W Fantasy. We're going to be talking some overhyped or maybe some players that are getting a lot of hype players, and we're going to you know determine whether we think that you should draft them at their current ADP. Like I said, I'm here with Nick with P2W. Nick, what's going on? Why don't you give uh, the people a little information about your website? What's up, Steve? Thanks again for having me on. Uh, I think the minute you you hit me up and said, "Hey, let's let's make something. Uh, let's get together for a video," I've been uh, anticipating that ever since. Um, so yeah, uh, again, P2W Fantasy. Um, you can find us uh, on Twitter at P2W Fantasy. Uh, growing a lot on there. Um, we have a website, P2WFantasy.wordpress.com. Uh, once we get a little bit more big time, maybe we can adjust that that URL. But uh, yeah, we're just punching out a bunch of articles. Uh, we got the podcast going, um, YouTube channel. So we're just trying to find some different ways to push out some content. And uh, again, uh, thanks again for having me on today. Yeah, definitely, man. I'm excited to talk to you about these players who are getting a lot of hype. And we're going to talk about whether we would draft them at their current ADP or whether their hype is just getting a little bit too high and their, their ADP is going a little out of our comfort range. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the video. But right before that, Go ahead and subscribe to the channel if you like this video today. Give us a thumbs up. Drop a comment on players that you think are getting a little too much hype or players that you're buying in on the hype on. We love to engage. We'll answer every comment below. We have nothing but time, so we love to help you guys out, help you win fantasy football championships. So let's go ahead and get into the video. Our first player that we're going to talk about is Chris Godwin. Now, last year, Chris Godwin was everyone's fantasy darling. He was gaining. He was probably the most hyped player last year in 2019. And he definitely showed out, you know, last year he had a fantastic season, caught over 1,300 yards, 86 balls, nine touchdowns. I mean, what more can you ask for a guy you got in like the fourth or fifth round? Fantastic value. Uh, you know, their offense, he's on an offense that's probably one of the best on paper this year with Gronk, with uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, third round draft pick, RB, a lot of upside for him. Uh, O.J. Howard, Cam Brate, Mike Evans, and Tom Brady loves to throw those tight ends. Um, so there's definitely a lot of buzz in Tampa Bay and, a lot of people are viewing Chris Godwin as like a, a Julian Edelman type, or at least Tom Brady's Julian Edelman, which would probably boost up those reception numbers. How do you view Chris Godwin this year? Well, uh, like you said, last year he just balled out. He was, you know, wide receiver two only to Michael Thomas, top ten wide receiver in snaps, routes, yards, and touchdowns. So um, you, you look at the different categories, and he was definitely a stud. Um, I, I'm not as high on the Chris Godwin. Uh, hype train as other people are. Um, I think there's just a lot of red flag factors that say that he's not going to finish as a top two wide receiver or, or, or maybe not even a top five wide receiver. I think, you know, this Tampa Bay defense, I, I don't think it's talked about enough. Um, it said that I read an article just on the defense saying that 11 out of the 12 top snap guys on defense were coming back and they added some guys in the draft as well. Antoine Winfield, some other guys there. Uh, Tom Brady, obviously, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people look at him as, as a goat. Uh, but if you look at having a good defense and a, uh, vet quarterback, that is a great game manager. I don't think that screams the sort of season that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had last season where you had Jameis Winston, you know, slinging the ball a crazy amount of times and, um, you know, chasing a lot of games. I kind of just see this Tampa Bay offense having a shift of, uh, the game script, I think they're going to be good on defense. I think Tom Brady is going to manage that offense well. I think he's going to utilize um, more players than the Bucks really did last season. Uh, I just, Chris Godwin, I think, is going 
I looked up wide receiver six, depending on you know the site you're looking at for his ADP. I just like a couple guys that are going after him a lot more. I mean, Kenny Galladay, DJ Moore, uh, his teammate Mike Evans is interesting too. Um, I know Godwin could be that you know new slot Edelman sort of guy, but you know the big red flag for me also was he, he broke out in his third year. Um, we've seen him do it one time. We've seen a guy like Mike Evans have great years multiple times. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not as high on the Chris Godwin train as others. I think he'll be very good. I just don't think he'll be, you know, that wide receiver two sort of player going into 2020. Yeah. I mean, you're you're getting him in the second round. So like, I personally would rather like him fall to me in the third round, kind of where Mike Evans is going. I'd feel a lot more comfortable just because I'd rather get like two running backs and then have Mike Evans or like you said, DJ Moore or uh, possibly Kenny Galladay in the third round as my wide receiver one. I'd rather take that. I think what happened with Chris Goblin last year was it's pretty much his ceiling, especially with Jameis slinging the ball. I mean, he had a thousand more passing yards than Tom Brady last year. You know, they threw the ball a similar amount of times, which is actually pretty surprising, but a uh, thousand more yards for Winston and, you know, 50, over 15 yards per reception for Godwin, 11 yards per target. You know, I think those numbers are going to come down, especially if you're buying into the fact that he's going to be his Julian Edelman type guy. It's going to be a lot more short thinking dunk passes. So I think Godwin's going to be great after the catch, but I don't know if he's going to be able to hit those numbers, those receiving numbers, those touchdown numbers, especially with all those tight ends in the play with Cam Brate, OJ Howard, Gronk is back with him. So like you mentioned, a lot of guys there to throw the ball to, I think, and their defense, like you said, doesn't get talked about enough. So I think uh, there's going to be a lot of spread going around. And I don't know if I'd be willing to take him in round two, which is where a lot of you know the fantasy experts are going. I've seen a lot of mock drafts lately and, and league drafts for those guys. And they're taking Godwin pretty high. And I don't yep. think I'm buying into that sort of hype. I think third round, I'd feel a lot more comfortable. So let's go ahead and move on to our second player. we got Kenyon Drake for the Arizona Cardinals. His current ADP is around 22. You get him around the late second round of the 12-man league. He's going as RB12. Off the board. Now, last year, he played eight games with Arizona. He had 123 attempts with them for 643 yards and eight touchdowns. Now, that does include one game where he had four touchdowns, and he had three out of those eight games with over 110 yards. Uh, So those are kind of some outlier games. The rest of the games, he only averaged 45 yards a game. So he's not like the – he didn't come off as a super consistent guy. You know, he ended the last three games, two of those games – he had over 110 yards, like I mentioned. I think it was 130 and then like 160 in one of those. He had the four touchdowns. So it's kind of like a recency bias sort of thing, and we'll go over that with another player later. I think that kind of gets in a lot of people's head. I think uh, Kenyon Drake uh, early on in the offseason maybe wasn't so high up. I think his ADP definitely took a pretty good rise up, and now it's kind of leveled out where he's at as RB12. For me, I actually personally do have him higher. Uh, just on the tape I've watched and those – of those good games, he looks really, really good, and I really am high on the Cardinals' offense. I really like Kyler Murray this year. I like that they brought in DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know if that defense is going to get that good, so that might be that uh, that downfall for him because as the defense is on the field more, your offense is on the field less, and you're not going to be able to run the ball as much. So that would be a downfall for him. You know, uh, Catches the ball out of the backfield a little bit, 26th in the league in yards after the catch, which isn't that great. Um, but he's fourth in, or sorry, that's yards after contact, and then fourth in the league in yards uh, before contact, which is you know pretty pretty good. Um, I like Kenny Drake. I think I take a shot on him um, at his current ADP. I've seen him go. You know, the ADP here says twenty second, which is late second round. 
I see him go in the first round in some mocks, which that's a little too uncomfortable for me. If I'm going to go RB, RB, like get a Derrick Henry, then Kenyon Drake, because that's my plan, I'm happy with that. But him as my RB1 is kind of risky. I don't know how you're feeling about that. Yeah, I, I think it is uh, risky to a degree. Um, I, I might just have a soft spot for, for Drake. He gave the, the page a, a shout-out recently. Uh, you know, some some say it was a paid-for cameo, but um, – Actually, your buddy at Bootleg Fantasy uh, was quoted saying it was free because they have swag. So I, I, I think I might just <laughs> have a, bit of, yeah, yeah, a little soft spot for him because of that. But, yeah, I'm not going to go too much off the numbers you talked about. But, you know, weeks 9 through 17 with the Cardinals, RB4 during that time, 79% of snaps um, he was on the field for with the Cardinals. Uh you know, we, we look back at previous seasons with the Dolphins, obviously a completely different system, different coaching staff, you know, this and that. He finished in the past 2018 RB14, 2017 RB33, so nothing to uh, stand out there. Um, but I read something recently uh, about Drake. It was a little note that said he hit 15 miles per hour in 26.8% of rushes versus the 14.9 with Miami. Um, this past season. So I think the system plays out for Drake to be successful. I think, um, you know, I'm not sure the longevity of him being on the Cardinals. Uh, I, I think that might be up in the air long term. But mm-hmm. as long as he is in this system, uh, I think the offense has improved, obviously, through the Hopkins um, signing. Uh, but I, I like Drake. Like you said, I think I would probably rank him higher as far as where I would draft him. Um, so I think if you are in a draft and, and he's on the board and um, you're looking at the situation that some of these other guys are in, he's going to be a guy that's going to get tons of touches in 2020. I think he is set up to be very successful. So kind of like you said, I, I'm going to take the shot and, and I'm going to go with Drake uh, 2020. So I, I do actually like Kenyon Drake. Yeah, I like him too. To be clear, I am buying out on the hype because I'm higher than RB12 on him. I think he's my RB8. So I like that. And, and, and like I said, in a perfect scenario, I get two running backs in the first two rounds and RB Drake – or RB Drake. <laughs> Drake is my RB2, and that yep. would be fantastic. Uh, if I got Michael Thomas and got Drake in the second round, I wouldn't be too uh, unhappy about that okay. either. So yeah. buying in on the hype on Kenyon Drake. Let's go ahead and move on to our third player, his gunsling quarterback, Kyler Murray, in his second season. So he had a pretty fantastic rookie season last year. Uh Rushed for 500 yards, uh, threw the ball over 550 times, 3,700 yards, um, 20 to 12 uh, touchdown interception ratio, four rushing touchdowns, just an overall dynamic uh, playmaker. Um, pretty interesting stat. He actually, only 2.3% of his passes got intercepted, which is actually a pretty stellar number for a, um, a rookie quarterback. If you watch game tape on Kyler Murray, you will see he is like extremely accurate. So any woes that you thought you saw in uh, in year one, I think they're just going to go away in year two. And I see him, like, honestly prime for, like, an MVP running season, like a Lamar Jackson type season. I don't know about the numbers, how they all match up with who's going to play well this season, but he's going to go on a run this year, and he's going to be in the top five candidates for an MVP season. I, I can totally see it. So, like, his, uh, his current ADP right now is 59th overall. He is a late – fifth-round pick, QB4, right behind Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, and Pat Mahomes. So 
if I can get Kyler Murray in the fifth round and I'm going early on quarterback, like if you're not taking the early, early quarterback train or, you know, train like uh, Pat Mahomes or Lamar Jackson and you want to get that second tier, that Dak, that Kyler, Deshaun Watson tier right there, I think Kyler would be the perfect guy to have in your team. Just the rushing yards go on. 544 on the grind last year. I think that's a floor for him. I think he goes up from there. You know, he's just super dynamic. We expect this offense to get better. They improve the offensive line. They they drafted uh, Josh Jones out of Houston in the third round, a first-round talent that some people actually thought that he would get drafted uh, eighth overall by the Cardinals, and they ended up getting him in the third round. So that's, you know, that's definitely encouraging that they're boosting up that offensive line. I don't think it's going to be a top half of the offensive line, but he got uh, he got sacked 48 times last year, which was bottom three in the league. So, if yeah, that's a lot of times to get sacked, especially for a rookie quarterback yeah. of his size. It worries you. You're like, okay, can this guy hold up? Is he going to get injured or whatnot? So the fact that they're doing stuff with their offensive line, trying to make it better, is definitely you know encouraging. And I see that number going down a little bit this year. And with Kyler getting a little more elusive and aware of everything and just becoming a better NFL quarterback, that offense just developing with Cliff Kingsbury, uh, I think everything's just going to go in a better direction for this year. So what we saw last year, he was a top 10 QB. I think it just only goes up from there. And Honestly, I'll say it right now, I'm buying into the hype that he's going to be no worse than a top five quarterback. How do you feel? That's that's some some big hype right there, and yep. uh, especially with the MVP talks. <laughs> hey, I'm not saying he's the MVP. I'm just saying I think he's going to have a run as far as being right, the conversation. Right. You know, I don't that's think he's. I don't know if he's going to be the MVP. It's kind of. I feel like Pat Mahomes is like locked in MVP guy for like the next 10 seasons like he's going to be the number yeah, one favorite yeah. of the year and i wouldn't say Kyler's going to be the favorite but i think he's going to make a show kind of like a wentz like season from a few years ago you know yeah 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 uh i like kyler murray a lot um i've been seeing him go you know as high as the third quarterback off the board mm-hmm. uh, above uh, above Dak at times uh, i think i looked at fantasy pros and they actually listen him as uh qb3 above Dak, but um yeah, last season, I mean, rookie quarterback, he, he, he balled out. Uh, like you said before, the rushing upside is huge. I think it's fantasy gold if you have a uh, quarterback that can rush. Uh, there was three games he had 10-plus rushing attempts. So, you know, that, that right there is going to get you fantasy points if we're just talking about fantasy football. Um, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins coming, that's a huge um, improvement to the offense. Uh, obviously, you got the vet in Larry Fitzgerald and uh, – Christian Kirk, I think, needs to um, show us a little bit more. Uh, tight end-wise, t- end they don't have a lot to speak of. I think it's Arnold, their, their guy there. But, yeah, uh, you know, Hopkins is going to go, though, from a guy, you know, with Watson. I-, I looked at the yards per attempt, 7.8, and the one knock on Murray I kept seeing was uh, the 6.9 um, yards per attempt. Um, the completion percentage was not bad. Uh, he was 15th in that, though. Um, and the touchdowns were, were pretty good. Uh, he finished, I think, QB eight, but I I'm not I'm not going to put him above some other guys personally. Uh, I think the offense is going to um, be well rounded. They're gonna they're gonna run whether it's him or Drake. I think you know Hopkins is obviously a big boost there. But you know, looking at the Dax and Watson and and even Carson Wentz for me. I'm not sure if I want to put him above all these guys just just yet. I think I want to see how this offense shapes up in year two. I don't think he's going to regress at all. I think he'll still 100% be a top 10 quarterback, but I don't know if I want to put him, you know, right behind Mahomes and and, and Jackson right now, uh, and maybe even Dak. I think I think I'm a little bit lower on him. Uh, 
going into year two than than other guys, but I still think he'll be very successful. Um, I just I think personally I just have a couple more quarterbacks uh, above him. Not not a lot, but definitely not um, where I'm going to have him as you know QB three or, or four right now. Yeah, it's understandable. A guy like Dak, who's proven it, you know, coming off his best uh, best fantasy season, and a guy like Russell Wilson, who's criminally undervalued every single year. I think this year is probably going to get the most hype that he's ever gotten. You know, recently, I, for some reason, every year people underdraft Russell Wilson. I don't think it's going to happen this year. He's just too consistent. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I could see, I could see why you're a little down on him. So you're pretty much kind of th- thinking he's going to finish somewhere where he did last year. So that's. It's not buying in on the hype, but it's also not buying out of it. You know, maybe you maybe you'd rather take a few other quarterbacks if you're going to go at this point in the draft uh, at that spot. So let's go ahead and move on to the fourth player. We got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the new running back for the Kansas City Chiefs, drafted in the first round at the end of the first round. A guy Patty Mahomes personally endorsed and said, "I want Clyde." So he's on the team. Uh, he's going 30th overall, uh, mid third round pick, RB 15 off the board. And I'll just start my stance right now and say. I don't know if I'd take him right there. Uh, it does determine. It is kind of matter what you do in the draft uh, up into that point. If you already have two running backs in your team, or you drafted CMC and then got a great uh, wide receiver in the second round, and you want to take Clyde as your RB two, that's fine because Christian McCaffrey is going to give you more than just one running back. One running back's worth the numbers. You know, he's going to give yeah. you one and a half running backs worth of numbers, or possibly more. Probably more. He's done that in the past. So yeah. taking a guy like Clyde, you can take that risk. But I want to minimize risk in the first four rounds. And to me right now, Damian Williams is going to be the starter week one. Like, I have no mm-hmm. doubt about it. He's going to be the, the guy out there taking snap number one. Now, I don't mm-hmm. know whether or not that lasts. It seems like in the past that they always like to use one running back. We saw that when uh, Jamal Charles was there. We saw it with Kareem Hunt when he was on the team. You know, he came in and he was like immediately the starter. He had a fantastic week one against the Patriots. I remember that first game a couple years ago when he was a rookie. It was just amazing. I drafted him in a few leagues. I was like, man, I just hit on that fourth round pick right there. So is Clyde that guy? That's the real question. And to me, I don't think he's that guy until he has a boom game. And when that boom game is going to, you know, when that boom game happens is going to be the question because Damian Williams seems to have trouble with injuries the past few years. And I think the reason they took uh, a running back is because they want a young guy that they don't necessarily have to invest too much money in after, you know, the first couple of years. And uh, a guy that's going to be on the field, David Williams hasn't been able to stay on the field. So he's obviously a playoff and Super Bowl MVP type player. Uh, but now Clyde's here and we see that he can be a fantastic pass catcher out of the backfield. 55 catchers last year at LSU. So super dynamic, over 1,800 yards, 17 touchdowns. Obviously a great offense that they're playing in. Joe Burrow had the best fantasy or the best season of a college football player ever, college football quarterback. Um, yep. So being a part of that is definitely going to boost the numbers and whatnot. Uh, like any rookie, there's going to be concerns about pass blocking and whatnot, but I don't like to throw that in there. If he's putting numbers up on the field uh, and he can pass or catch the ball out of the pass field or the backfield, I think he's definitely they're going to make it work with him, get him on the field. But the reason I'm not buying into the third round pipe is because I just don't know when that's going to happen. When is he going to get the majority of the touches in the backfield? Yeah, uh, I, I think I'm I'm on the same boat as you. Uh, obviously. It's the dream landing spot for uh, Edward Solaire. He goes from the best offense in the country in college to arguably the best offense in you know the, the NFL with, with one of the best, if not the best, quarterback in the league. Uh, but I think, and you kind of touched on this too, I think people want him to be like rookie Kareem Hunt so bad but don't understand the difference in 
um, the variables that surround that. I mean, Kareem Hunt rookie year, 53 catches, 1,327 yards. The second uh, most rushing attempts that year was from their quarterback, Alex Smith, who was in like a Lamar Jackson sort of a running back or anything. So um, I think people think that, you know, this could be the next Kareem Hunt. He's going to take the load and run with it. But Damian Williams still on the team. I mean, you can argue he, he could have been the Super Bowl MVP, just balled out and, and showed, you know, certain flashes and weeks when he actually was healthy. But if Williams is healthy, he's not going to disappear. I think he's going to take the bulk in 2020, in my opinion, of, of the rushing attempt. Maybe Edward Hilaire is just the pass catching back, which, you know, obviously that's that's a good thing if, you know, you have a good offense and, you know, you have Patrick Mahomes. But, I mean, in college he was very good. He, he was great, uh, great at breaking tackles. He was, like, the number one rookie for pass catching. Uh, Andy Reid loves him. I know you talked about uh, Patrick Mahomes, but – what a lot of people don't, don't understand with most of these rookie running backs is that they, they still have a vet on the team that's going to eat into their touches. And, you know, I, I, I think dynasty-wise, Edward Hilaire, if you, if you want to take him early in a dynasty league, sure, maybe. And, and I think it depends on what you're drafting before him, like you, like you, uh, like you said there. But, yeah, he's, he's not going to be rookie Kareem Hunt where he gets everything, you know, in that offense. So I think because of Damian Williams still being involved, in that offense, I, I I'm not as high on him right now, and I don't know the timeline of when he's going to be the guy for sure. Um, like you said as well, the first time he breaks out, everyone's going to be relieved because they probably took him number one in their rookie drafts and this and that. But uh, yeah, I, I like him as uh, a player in dynasty. I like him um, in that offense, but I'm just I'm not taking him above a lot of other running backs who have better situations and clear-cut volume. Yeah, this whole situation can change, obviously, if the same thing that happened to Kareem Hunt can happen. Like, Kareem Hunt had to beat out Spencer Ware, and Spencer Ware was injured in the preseason. So, like, Kareem Hunt was like, whoa, if you draft... I remember I remember drafted Kareem Hunt, and, like, the same night Spencer Ware went down in the preseason. And it was, like, the most fulfilling thing ever. I was like, wow, I just got the biggest steal in the world. So unless something like that happens with CEH... He's not going to have the same Kareem Hunt-like season. Kareem Hunt is really, really good. You know, he doesn't actually get enough love for how good he is. And he was yeah. in a dream, he was in the dream scenario in the Chiefs offense with no one to battle him out for touches. Yeah. So that's why he came in and got all the touches. But Damian Williams is still there. And as long as he's healthy, he's going to have his fair share of touches, if not more mm -hmm. than CEH, like you mentioned. So let's go move on to the fifth player on our list. We have Calvin Ridley for the Atlanta Falcons. A lot of people are slating Calvin Ridley in as this year's Chris Godwin. You know, Chris Godwin, third-year receiver yep. last year. Um, and then we have Calvin Ridley coming into his third year here. And he, you know, as a guy that's going 43 overall in the mid-fourth, uh, which is around the time where I'm ready to start make taking risk. You know, a little more risk because if it plays out, I'm going to hit big. Uh, so he's going wide receiver 18 right now. So in this scenario, I would hope that I get him as like my wide receiver two or whatnot and hope that he can finish as a top 12 wide receiver. Um, as far as targets go in the offense, I don't know if there's that many vacated targets because Austin Hooper leaves. Because they brought in Hayden Hurst, and I am pretty high on Hayden Hurst, um, I think he'll collect most of Hooper's targets. Uh, and Todd Gurley's in town. They didn't have much of a running game last year. They did have Devonta Freeman, who silently had a decent season, but I think Todd Gurley is a little better for them as long as he can stay healthy. Um, 
they're both kind of uh, pass-catching running backs. Maybe Devontae Freeman a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't know if there's a lot more targets for him. With, as long as Julio's there and they're continuing to use the tight end and pass to the uh, running back out of the backfield, I don't know how Ridley takes like a giant jump. Sure, he can go for a 1,000 and eight touchdowns, uh, but is that the kind of jump people are hyping him up to be? Like we said, Chris Godwin had 83 catches last year for over 1,300 yards and nine touchdowns. So people are predicting Calvin Ridley to be this year's Chris Godwin. Can he even get close to those numbers? And my answer is no. I don't think he can. So it's all about settling your expectations, I guess. So if he's going to be my this year's Chris Godwin for me, I guess I'm happy if he gets 1,100, eight touchdowns again. I know his rookie season he had 10 touchdowns. So I'm not not buying in on the Calvin Ridley hype, but I'm also not not buying in on it. Like I'm, I'm pretty neutral about this pick right here. It, it's kind of depending on who I pick, like I mentioned before earlier on my first three picks. If he's my wide receiver two, I'll be happy, but some people might take him as their their wide receiver one after they slam three running backs in the first three rounds, and that I just would not feel comfortable with. How do you feel about Calvin Ridley? Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm I'm on the same boat. I think it, it comes down to perspective, like you said, of what you are hyping him up to be. Uh, I don't think he's gonna be, you know, a wide receiver, the wide receiver too, like Chris Godwin was um, at the end of uh, 2020. But I do see him uh, not regressing from what he was last season. I, uh, he, he missed three games, still had 93 targets uh, for the year. Weeks 1 through 14 that he actually played, I think he was wide receiver 14. And uh, Julio finished in the top three. So obviously Matt Ryan has proven that he can support two guys to really ball out. I still think Julio is going to be their number one target player um, going into 2020. Matt Ryan was third in attempts this past season, so the volume's there. I'm, I'm, I like Hayden Hurst. I don't think he takes all of the targets that Hooper vacated. I think that he's going to take a large chunk. I think Russell Gage is going to be involved. I think maybe Ridley gets some more now. Uh, but, yeah, finishing wide receiver 14 and missing three games, if, if he would have played those three games, I mean, it's a big what if, but if he had one monster game in those three, where would he have finished? So if – if he sneaks into the top 10 wide receivers, which would be a big, big maybe for me, but if he does, I think that he is going to be worth where he's being drafted at. Um, and, and some guys you might argue, like a Cooper Cup or you know Adam Thielen or Amari Cooper, I think they're usually going above him in drafts. I'm not going to say I will take him above those guys, but you could probably argue points to where you could take him just because of the, the volume that's there on the, the Falcons. Um Obviously, the quarterback's going to talk his guys up, but Matt Ryan said uh, about Ridley recently, he's a guy I think could explode going into a year like this. And then he had a side note about Ridley mastering um, the system, and their offensive coordinator said that his routes and recognition of those routes are improving. So I think Calvin Ridley set up to be a very good player. Uh, I think it's just your perspective, like you said, uh, with a lot of these guys. I mean, if you expect Ridley to overtake Julio and be – wide receiver two or three this year I think you're you're reaching a little bit if you say hey he missed three games let, let's let's push him into the top 10 potentially I, I think there's a, a chance for that if he doesn't regress so um, again just a perspective thing I like Ridley a lot I, I am a guy that wants Ridley on my teams but uh, with the with the mindset that Julio is still going to be Julio even if he's 31 or, or 33 whatever the case is going to be yeah, Julio, always criminally undervalued. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to our sixth player. We got Tyler Higby, tight end for the Los Angeles Rams. 
I'll just start off by saying this. I know we've talked about in other videos, uh, two words, recency bias. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not in on Tyler Higbee, but I think that's what's really driving his ADP. I've been doing mock drafts all offseason, and yes, I'm talking like January because I'm that big of a loser, but that's what I was doing. And he was a sleeper before. Trust me, he was a sleeper. But then his name gets passed around all over fantasy Twitter, all over the radio shows, everywhere, and now he's tight end eight. He's going in the early seventh, which just goes way up, 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 up. And he's picked number 73 off the board. He's getting into that zone where, like, I'm starting to feel uncomfortable. I'm starting to feel like maybe, what am I thinking? Because I don't, maybe I'm wrong. Because the recency bias, weeks 11 through 15 last year, he had 522 yards with 43 catches. A 16-game pace of over 1,600 yards and 138 catches. That ain't happening, you know. But I feel like the the rate at what he's uh, at which he's moving up ADP charts and getting further up to the closer to the top, like 60 players, yeah. are people are acting like that's going to happen. And, man, if that happens, we better be taking him in the first round. You know, like, no doubt. Because, yeah, what he did at the end of last season, it ain't going to happen again. It's not that I think he can't continue to be that type of playmaker for the offense, but um, recently, I'm pretty sure, uh, I think it was Sean McVay came out and talked. I know it's just coach speak in the offseason, so it pretty much means nothing. But he yeah. said, they were talking about Gerald Everett and saying that, we need to get Gerald Everett more involved. We want to get him more involved. We like what Tyler did last year, as in Tyler Higbee, but we need to get Gerald more involved. So, like, to me, that doesn't sound like they want to take Tyler Higbee and let him be their Gronk, you know? So, and that, that's the way he's being drafted. I was all over Tyler Higbee until he got into the 70s in his ADP, and now I'm starting to think of every reason not to draft him. And I'm starting to think of sleepers like a guy like Jack Doyle I'd rather have. Or a guy like Hayden Hurst, like I've talked about, that I can get as like tight end 13 or whatnot in like round 12. Uh, his ADP is going up a little bit too, but someone I feel a little bit more comfortable just waiting on. Um, so how do you feel about Tyler Higby and just, you know, based on the way he ended the season last year, do you think he'll be able to carry that over to this year? Yeah, so Higby um, is baking an article that I'm working on right now and trying to push out soon um, about Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde uh, sort of players because, you know, he had – eight weeks where he was under 10 points in fantasy that, you know, depending on your, your type of scoring, but then weeks 13 through 17, nobody in the league is finishing better than him. So it's, I mean, we saw the reception count go crazy at the end of the season. He had uh, seven receptions twice, 12, nine and eight across a few games. But I mean, was it a factor, you know, because of Gerald Everett being hurt I think I like Tyler Higby better than Everett. Um, I kind of was thinking that before uh, anyways, but I think it was a situational sort of thing why he stepped up that much. I mean, with Everett coming back and even their rookie Bryson Hopkins, I, I'm not going to say he's going to be involved right away, but he was a good player in college and, and he was a great pass catcher. And the thing I read about Higby that he was great at or is great at is pass blocking or run blocking. He's a good blocker. So, I think Higby is going to be essential to the team. If he does have the same, he's going to be our pass-catching tight end role. Do I see him still being in a top 10, wide, uh, uh, not wide receivers, tight ends? It's a, it's a potential there, but I think, like you kind of noted before, with so many sleepers at tight end being available later, I'm, I'm going to shy away from Higby because there's a big question mark to if he's going to be the guy or if he's going to split with some guys or what the case is going to be. I think if you look at so many teams into 2020, 
they have a new starting tight end or a young guy that can break out. I mean, you got your your Chris Herndons and your Irv Smiths and your Jonu Smith and um, I mean, you just go down with Sternberger on the Packers. There, there, there's so many guys that could be good this year. So if you want to roll the dice later in drafts and take a couple of those young guys and have, you know, the expectation that, hey, if I have two, three young tight ends on my roster, maybe it's just two guys and one breaks out, I mean, you're, you're fine then, right? You, you don't want to overdraft on Tyler Higby with so many question marks going into the year, especially with his price probably being the highest it's going to be. I mean, finishing the season the way he did, he's going to have a high price. If, if I own Higby, I'd probably sell him uh, and, and put that note on there, hey, Higby was tight end number one in the league, 13 through 17. He's on the block, this yep. sort of thing. So, yeah, I'm not as high on, on Higby. He could be good, but it's a could-be sort of thing. Yeah, I like the strategy, like you mentioned, kind of taking two tight ends later, like a Noah Fant, like a Jack Doyle, hoping they both yep. blow up, and then you can trade one of them. I always mention this in our videos. If you have two tight ends and you're able to trade one, same with quarterbacks, and someone wants to trade for you, Oh man, that's the best situation in fantasy football because it doesn't mean much to your team, and you get uh, probably a skill player as far as a wide receiver or running back coming back. So love that scenario. Let's move on to our last guy. It's wide receiver Deontay Johnson for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. He's gaining a lot of hype lately. Um, it's kind of leveled out, but uh, definitely was probably a close to last round pick uh, earlier in the offseason. Now he's moving up. He's made his way up to the early tenth round, one twenty-two overall, wide receiver forty-six. His name gets tossed around a lot, fantasy Twitter, radio shows, everywhere, articles about him. It's coming up. Um, I just don't know how I feel about this this whole offense in general. Are they going to be productive? Are there going to be enough targets for him? You know, they have Juju. They have uh, Chase Claypool, new rookie. They have James Washington, who I'm not a fan of, but he's still there. Eric Ebron, a red zone threat. Um, you know, they have James Conner, who catches balls out of the backfield. They have Jalen Samuels. There's a lot of mouths to feed here. And, you know, they're – He's getting hyped up like he's going to be have the Juju type season when Juju was there with AB, or, uh, Antonio Brown. And I don't know if that's going to happen. Now, obviously, everything was put on uh, hold last year when everyone had to play with those horrible quarterbacks they were putting out there, Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph when Big Ben went down. Everyone who drafted Juju in the second round got a wide receiver 66 finish. So that was just a, yeah, a, a shot in the neck. It just sucked. you know. Uh, so Big Ben's coming back. He's older. Some people are questioning his injury status. You know, Is he going to be okay the whole season? Um and we don't know all these answers, you know. Um, and as a 10th rounder, if he goes any higher, it's 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 not a risk. It's a shot. It's a shot you're willing to take. You're willing to throw this dart. Because later in these rounds, you throw your darts, and if you hit, you get rewarded. If you don't, you pick someone up off the waiver. It's not a big deal. The good thing about him, though, is he was he did lead all rookies last year with 59 catches. Uh, and this was a horrible, horrible quarterback play. You know, like I said, the guys that I mentioned, personally, I don't think they're NFL quarterbacks. I think they're third stringers. So, like, that is very encouraging. And I think him and Juju could be a pretty dynamic duo. Uh, but we'll just have to wait and see. With not much risk going into this pick, being a 10th rounder, as long as he doesn't move up too much more, I think I'm buying into the hype. Like, I'm buying into the hype right now. That's it. If it goes any higher, I think I'd look other ways. I think I'd rather have, like, a guy like, I don't even know. I, I don't know ADPs off the top of my head, but, like, Golden <laughs> Tate or something like that. I'd pick someone who I know that can do it, who is in a good offense. Like, the, the Giants, like, good offense, I say. They have good playmakers there. They're, they should be a pretty good offense with Daniel Jones and whatnot. I think I'd rather go with someone a little safer than a shot uh, if he goes any higher than round 10. But right now, I, I don't mind Deontay Johnson's 10th round value. I don't think he's overhyped right now. I think he's perfectly hyped up. Now, if we keep talking about him like we are in this video, <laughs> then uh, I'm probably going to be out on him. How do you feel about Deontay? 
Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I think you note, uh, noted that he was getting drafted somewhere in the 40s. Uh, I've seen him uh, ADP-wise uh, high 30s, like 38 for wide receivers. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think kind of like going off of what you, you're saying here, um, I think it's like a low to medium uh, risk for a potential high reward. Um, we've seen him with Big Ben in like one game, I think, and props to him for having a good rookie season at, you know, wide receiver 39 and, you know, depending on which league you're in. But uh, we only saw one week with Big Ben and then he had – Mason and, and Duck Hodges, which is uh, might have been the worst uh, quarterback starts in the league this past year. But I think he's a guy that has the potential to be in your flex. Um, I don't think you're going to start him as one of your wide receivers comfortably just because of what you said, the factors of how is this offense going to run. We know Big Ben and Juju have a connection. We've seen it for a full season. Uh, we've seen them, you know, I know it's just off-season videos, but we've seen them linking up in some some off-season videos. Uh, I'm also not a big James Washington guy, but did he have some good games last season? Yeah, so, I mean, does the offense recognize that he had some good games? Sure. Chase Claypool's a different type of wide receiver coming in, big, big body that they, you know, rumor was going to be a tight end. Uh, he's another guy that's going to eat up some targets potentially, maybe not year one, but I'm sure in the future. And then also, like you said, Eric Ebron is a red zone guy. So I think with Big Ben, if he is healthy and he's going to play a full season, you like guys that are going to get the volume from him. Will he get the volume or will he have to split between Washington and Claypool and Ebron? I don't know. We know that Juju's going to eat um, or he should. But uh, yeah, I think it's a low to medium risk. But if it does pan out and he does have a pretty good volume like he, he did with these poor quarterbacks, then I think you'll have a good reward have a guy that you can start in the flex um, with some upside just because Big Ben's going to want to throw the ball. If if they run into any sort of situation, I mean, this is for any kind of wide receiver, but we've seen Big Ben, he's 38, I believe, and he had the season-ending injury. If something was to happen with him again, I think Deontay and everybody else's value kind of takes a massive hit. So... Yeah, I'm going to go with the same sort of thing you said, uh, just low to medium risk, and I'm going to say high reward if he pans out. Yeah, another point to back up just his talent alone was he did an interview and mentioned that he played with a groin injury all year last year, ended up getting a sports hernia surgery in February. So, like, that's pretty encouraging that he was the best uh, run, uh, wide receiver as terms of receptions go um, the whole season last year, being injured, playing with those horrible quarterbacks. So it makes you think, what, what kind of talent are we dealing with here? He might be really good. You know, is there a world where he's better than Juju Smith-Schuster on this team? We don't know. That could be possible. If he hits and has a Juju season like he had in 2018, wow, that's going to be a league-winning talent right there possibly for some teams. Isn't our Juju on a contract year? Is it this year or next year? Uh, I feel like it's this year because I know there's some talks whether or not they wanted him back, and I think it might be this year. So, you know, what what if we're we're talking dynasty – and we're talking about drafting Deontay with the long-term, you know, chance of maybe Juju's not back and maybe it is Deontay as their number one guy. I mean, we're just this is kind of stretching a little bit, but you never know. There's just different factors for so many things. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, that concludes our uh, players that we think are either hyped or overhyped or anything around the hype train. Um, Thank you guys for watching. Thanks, Nick, for being here. Help us get to 1,000 subscribers. We're about halfway there right now. If you guys could 
give us a subscription. We'd really appreciate it. Thumbs up this video. It really helps us grow. Drop a comment below of guys that you think are being overhyped right now, and we'll comment back. We'd love to engage with you guys. Go follow us on Twitter at Climb the Pocket. Follow Nick at P2W Fantasy. Find me at C2.0. And until next time, thanks for stopping by.